Hello. Something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and it's probably been reflected in some of the episodes you've been listening to, certainly in my comedy, is uh, just like my general distrust of politicians and my extremely negative view of politicians as a whole. And I kind of want to talk about it because it's not really based in like conspiracy thinking it's kind of more based in like human nature and some of the things that I've learned through philosophy and psychology. That's what concerns me about it. And then it, I see it constantly reaffirmed through their actions of all of these politicians. And to me, there's only, there's only lesser evils as far as I'm concerned, whether it's the House of Representatives or the Senate, and especially presidential politics. I mean, that would be the worst of it, except for very few exceptions. And that was in a different time for the most part, where there was more honor in politics and less money. So let's see, where to begin? This is the thing. Briefly, I'll just describe, basically, I I think a lot of people don't realize this, or they do realize it, but they don't realize the, um, the difference between the, you know, like the words. So people think we live in a democracy. We don't. We live in a democratic republic. This is the difference. Um, a democracy, they had it in Athens, right? In a a pure democracy, you wouldn't really want. This is why. In Athens, 2,000 years ago, they had a democracy, a pure democracy. I'm not exactly sure if it was 2,000 years ago, but it was a long time ago. And uh, most of you are familiar with Athens. They had a Senate. Right, So there wasn't a leader. There was a sovereign leader, but they had a Senate. And the Senate, Senate was elected purely democratically in the sense that if you were a land-owning male, then you would be randomly selected. Each year they randomly selected 500 males to be, 500 land-owning males to be in the Senate. So it's like you could have just got a letter in the mail and it said, hey, Clear your schedule. You're a senator. You know, two months from now, your Senate term begins. You got to do it for a year. Uh, I'm not, I should probably brush up on this stuff before I tell you guys about it. But as you know, I'm not particularly concerned with historical, like perfect historical accuracy. You're just getting the gist. That's enough. If you'd like to uh, learn more about it, then you can look into it. Um, but that's a pure democracy. And so imagine that it would be strange if you were to get a uh, letter from the DMV that's like, hey, you're in the Senate in January. Uh, just be ready. You're going to be uh, we're going to send you down to D.C. and you're going to be a, a senator. So for obvious reasons, this is flawed. And but at the, at the same time. It would, it would, it might get you a better, it might get you a better representation of the way that people actually feel. Here's why. 
this is what I want to talk about in terms of why I'm distrustful of politicians now that I've been thinking about it. And this is, I realize why for the most part. And I've alluded to it before, but I want to talk about it because I felt like talking about it today. We have a representative democratic government. Now, there's issues with that. And the primary issue is who's going to be the one representing, obviously. And really, those people select themselves or are selected by a handful. They are not selected by the people in this sense. You have to think about who's going to be running and who's going to have a legitimate opportunity to win. These two factors are very important, obviously. In an ideal scenario, and this is kind of the way that it was decided that George Washington would be our first president. We had our first Congress. It consisted of a lot of legendary Americans. You know, you had Ben Franklin there. You had John Adams. You had Thomas Jefferson. A lot of people who would go on to become the next presidents, you know, and uh, and others. And basically everyone decided, well, I think it was... I don't know how historically accurate the TV show John Adams is. That's a great show, by the way. Paul Giamatti. Um, but if that show is accurate, then it was John Adams who nominated George Washington to be the first president if they went through with um, secession from... The United Kingdom or whatever you would have called it, whether it's secession or not, I'm not sure. Independence. Now, George Washington, he was a very honorable man and didn't even really want to be president. And he was kind of, but he was a man of duty. He was a man of duty and honor. So he was like, hey, man, okay, I'll, I'll do that if that's what everyone in Congress thinks would be best. This is the kind of guy you want to be an elected representative. And if you think about it in your own situation, if you were, that would be um, maybe a better way to do it. But there are issues that make it impossible. Because the best way to do it would be like the community nominates someone who they feel would be best for the position, right? And so you might nominate this guy, John, who lives down the street from you, or like Caroline or something. You know someone in your community who's like this honest, genuine, modest, humble person, embodies a lot of traits that you would like to see in a politician, and who would actually, who would actually, you know, who would actually be an honest politician. First of all, that person's probably not going to want to run for office in the first place. Because if they really are humble and they really are modest, then they'll say something to the effect of like, oh, you, I can't. What right do I have to be a representative for, for everyone else? I'm no better than they are. So they probably wouldn't even feel comfortable with the idea. And then I guess the other issue is that they're probably not going to have the boisterous um, 
kind of powerful dominating presence that a politician needs in order to generate the support necessary to win an election unless they're in like a small town. Maybe they're somewhere in Montana in a remote location in a town which has 500 people. In that case, I suppose it would be more realistic. But then that's the type of politician that, let's say, they became a Congress member and were a member of the House of Representatives. They'd be the one that you never hear from. They'd be the one you never hear about. They're not going to go out of their way to be on CNN or to be on Fox. They're not going to be going out of their way to put themselves on the on the national stage because they probably don't have bigger ambitions in politics because they probably just want to represent those people in their congressional district and that's the end of it and that's good with them and that's all they want and that is the type of person who you would want to be a politician but that's not the type of politician that we get because those people don't want to be politicians mostly you know so that's the issue it's like you don't get to nominate someone what happens is it's a competition, and there are people who really want to be a politician for various reasons. Undoubtedly, some of them are self-serving. I don't know how you'd be able to say otherwise. I don't know how you'd be able to make the case that, like, no, politicians do it because they want to help the community. Of course, that's part of it. Although you could argue that for some, it's not. But... Even if it is part of it, it's not all of it. And you'd have to be naive to say otherwise. Of course, a degree of it is self-serving and that they want the notoriety and they want the benefits associated with being a powerful member of society. You skyrocket in a hierarchy once you become a, an elected official. In the American landscape, you skyrocket. Not to mention... The money's not bad. If you're just a congressman, they make $125,000 a year. If you're a senator, they make $175,000 a year. But if you look around the Senate, you'd be hard-pressed to find a senator who's worth, whose net worth is less than like half a million, probably more like a million plus. And I'm not entirely sure even how these people make this money, to be honest with you. But also, I mean, like, think about it. If you're a man and you're a young man and you're, you're single... And you become, if you, and you're single, and you become a uh, a congressman, like you'll be a more uh, attractive potential mate, right? Like there are lots of reasons. I mean, we could like there. There's a long list of different reasons why people would want to be politicians for the wrong reasons. And now. How do you win an election? I mean, I just want you guys to think about this in a more practical way. Because a lot of the times, or at least when I used to think about it, I would think about the government as being like this entity. It's like, oh, that's the government. They're like separate. But they're not. They're just us. They're just us. But they got elected. They ran. They got elected. I mean, that's the only difference. Like, And especially when you see some of these Congressman, I mean, it's nice if they have some expertise in law and history. It's nice, but a lot of them don't. Some of them are former lawyers, and you can see it reflected in these congressional hearings 
or Senate hearings where you have committees of specialized individuals who are on like intelligence committees or what have you. And then you can see their real world expertise. And then that's at least, that's at least something that I like that I think that that is one of the better aspects of how we elect representatives that a lot of the time people are like, well, you, a lot of the time we want people to be an expert in something before we elect them. I think that's a good thing. And I don't think it's, and I I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't even say a lot of the time, but some of the time. And so then you see these like skilled lawyers, sometimes they're snakes though. You know what I'm saying? But you'll have these people with like legitimate backgrounds that are outside of politics. And that's, that's a good thing to have there. But still, it's like the issue, you just have to think about it at a very basic level. Like in your town, there is an election coming up and there's one person running and you don't, and you think you could beat them. So you, I mean, just think about like, what would it take for you to run for office? Like, would you do it? What would it take for you to run for office? And then what would it be like running for office? Maybe let's just think about national politics. That's a better way to think about it other than local. But how do you do it? I mean, how do you get people to like you? It's like, you can have your beliefs and you can have the issues that you stand for, but that's not going to be enough. Because in order to, it's like this, in order to be electable, you can't just be going around, at a certain point, you're going to have to start, you're going to have to start, um, you're going to have to start, what's the fucking word? advocating on behalf of things that you don't actually care about because you're gonna have to do it because it's the only way you're gonna get people worked up riled up enough to be actual supporters of you and it's the only way you're gonna get elected especially if you're in a larger district a district with like you know 30,000 40,000 people how are you gonna separate yourself well you're gonna have to go around you're gonna have to make speeches I mean think about this in a practical sense you're running you have to go around you throw yourself in the arena At a certain point, you're going to have to get some help. And that means people are going to have to see you, recognize that you possess some qualities that are going to make you a good candidate. And that could even be as base as that you're physically attractive. It could even be as base as that. But perhaps it's that you're a good orator, that you're someone who knows how to speak. And these people are going to surround you. They're like like flies. And they're going to start or they're like leeches because they see in you a way that they can, maybe they have determined that they will not be able to pursue politics. It's just not for them. They can't be the one in front of the camera. They can't be the one, um, you know, giving the speech. That's just not what they can do, but they can do other stuff and they can help you win. And so they're going to latch on to you and they don't see you necessarily as they just see you as a, a ticket to a better position for themselves. And so for this reason, they're going to come along and they're going to say, hey, you have some values and it's good, but you're going to have to start pretending a little bit on stage. 
you're going to have to start selling that you really care. I don't care if you care about these issues or not, but you're going to have to start talking to them because that's what the people want to hear about right now. So I know, you know, you haven't been talking enough about um, women's rights. You're going to have to go up there and talk about the gender pay gap and how it's a problem. Um, People really want to hear about your take on immigration. You're going to have to pretend to cry on stage while you talk about the kids at the border in the facilities. You're going to have to cry. Okay? This is going to make you so likable for these people. And and if you're the type of person who's running and you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sacrifice my integrity and my... And, and the things that make me who I am, then they're just going to say, okay, I'll look for someone else then. There's plenty of other people running. I'll go to them. I'll give them my help. I'm a really good, skilled campaign manager. And I could hook it up. I could probably get you elected. But if you're not going to make these, if you're not going to compromise with me and meet me halfway, if you're not going to sell this stuff on stage, then I really can't help you. And we'll just have to go our separate ways. And then at that point, it's like, is the politician the type of person who wants to win at any cost? Or do they want to just try to do it their own way and then probably lose? And the type of person who's going to win is going to be the person who sacrifices themselves or parts of themselves, parts of who makes them, maybe the parts that make them the best parts of them. They might have to sacrifice or otherwise, they're, they're, if nothing else, they're, they'll have to be somewhat phony. To an extent, they're frauds. And it's seemingly the only way to win an election is to be at least a partial fraud. So that's what I mean by like lesser evils. It's like, to me, the most honest politician is still a fraud. They just might be 20% fraud. But undoubtedly, they're going on stage and they're lying and they're bullshitting and they're saying what people want to hear because that's the game you got to play. If a, if a constituent of yours is at a town hall and they ask you a question and you want to answer one way, maybe it's the truth of how you feel, but you, but you know you'll be misunderstood, then you can't, then you just won't, then you'll just say the lie. If I was running for office personally and I was on stage and someone asked me, maybe I'm running as a Democrat because I'd probably run as a Democrat. Right? Well, I'd probably run as an independent, but if I wanted to win, again, if I wanted to win, I would probably have to run as a Democrat or a Republican. And I think I would probably end up running as a Democrat. But then if someone wanted to ask me, if someone was going to ask me, um, like about the Green New Deal. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like if I was in a progressive district in New York City and someone at a town hall meeting asked me about the Green New Deal and I gave them my real answer, my true answer, I would say it's retarded. We're not going to we're not going to kill cows, you know, or whatever the fuck that stupid plan says. It's it's a, it's a really dumb plan. If you look into it at all. But if I wanted to win, I would say, oh, I, I, I would say on stage, I would say, I don't think the plan goes far enough. That's my problem with it. I don't think the plan goes far enough. And I think that we need to be way more 
uh, proactive in com combating climate change. And this is the thing that I'm talking about. It's the problem with politicians is that, or at least I just, I just kind of think about it like through my own perspective and think about like, I could, I could win as a liar. I know this. Had I not publicly made my, or had I not made my views public through comedy, through this podcast, through Twitter, had I not made any of my views public, I could lie my way into a position of power. And you could too. Because the, the, the republic, the democratic republic system where we elect representatives, it is a liar's like playground. It is where liars succeed. There's no better system for liars. I mean, maybe there is. I guess every governmental system is a good system for liars. But ours is no exception to that. And as much as we'd like to think it's so great, it's really, it's got a lot of issues. And that's one of them. That the, it's, it's almost like the less honest you are, the more secure you are to be reelected. Like the less you can be an actual reflection of yourself, who you truly are as a human, the better you'll be as a politician. And this is something that I think I was, maybe I mentioned this on the podcast and I was talking to my mom about it the other day. I actually feel bad for politicians because they have an intricate filtering system for everything that they say. Because before they say anything, if they have a thought in their mind, first they have to filter it through their constituents. What will my constituents think of this? The people who voted me in, what will they think of this? Then they have to think like, what would their what would the other politicians think about it, especially the more senior members of their political group? And then they have to think, what would the private interests think of this? Their donors, the people who have contributed to make them elected. And then they have to think, like, what would my campaign manager and the people working with me to keep me in power, what would they think of it? So they have to go through an elaborate filtering system before they say anything. So when do they ever get to be, and they probably have to train themselves. So even when they're with their family and friends, they're probably like in politician mode. I'm doing a podcast. I'm almost done. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. But this is probably not, I mean, I'll probably try to, I, I, this is something that I like to think about. And so I'll have follow up episodes down the line about what I think about politicians or I guess why I think so negatively about them in general I'm just trying to make it like I'm not just like oh it's all bullshit man it's all fucking bullshit the government's like a big conspiracy man like what the fuck dude it's like it's it's just out of this is what I know about myself. And this is what I think I know about the type of person who will be a politician because I am that type of person. And so I think I have an understanding of the politician and I'd like to shed some light on it. Or at least uh, what I think of it. Because... I don't know, man, like, 
Yeah. I don't know what else to say. That's basically all I have to say about it for now. And this is like one last thing that disappointed me. I saw two things that Andrew Yang did. And I was like, see, even the best of them, see, even who I thought was the best of them, the one who I thought was the only real person. I looked at that whole, because people like Tulsi Gabbard, they think she's authentic. She's not, though. She's a politician. Listen to the way she speaks. The way that they speak, they're like robots. They've rehearsed everything that they say. Or it seems like it. They've practiced it. They've had mock interviews with people in their... Uh, who work for them. The people sit down and they're like, I'm going to pretend to be Jake Tapper on CNN. I'm going to ask you the questions that I think he's going to ask. And then this way they're all prepared. Everything's prepared. It's so weird. This is what I mean when I say they're robots. They've got like algorithms. Everything they say, it goes through the filtering system, everything. And then you can see it where you have someone who's a real person like Andrew Yang, or at least seemed that way. And I still do think he's like one of the realer ones, but even with him, he's been infected by it because he wants to win. And so he's becoming less of himself. And I saw him the other day and two things happened. First of all, he was on the news and he said that, I don't know if he said it directly or alluded to it, but he said or alluded to the fact that Trump is a white supremacist. He thinks Trump's a white supremacist, which again, this is like just bowing to the mob. If you want to say that Trump's a racist, fine, but he's not a white supremacist. He, I mean, it's just, it, that's a tough, that's a way tougher sell to say that he's a white supremacist. And I think people are just being a little dishonest about what a white supremacist is if they're going to say that Trump's a white supremacist. Because if there's one thing you need to understand about white supremacists that I have learned through exploring these white supremacists, trust me, I know them a little bit now. I know them. You know, I'm on Twitter. I'm in the depths. I'm in the dark web and shit. They fucking hate Jews. They will not associate or work with Jews. And now you consider the fact that Jared is married to his daughter, is a Jew. He works with them. He works in the White House. Trump associates with Jews. He works with Jews. That alone, that alone is sufficient proof to me that the man is not a white supremacist. Now, is he racist? I don't know. He did that Central Park Five shit. He clearly doesn't like Hispanic people very much, you know? So, that, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. I will, I'm way more willing to concede on that fact. But the white supremacist thing, it's like you're just being a victim of the, the mob. And so all the politicians who say that he's a white supremacist, I'm like, you're just bowing to the mob. You're not actually critically looking at the situation or any evidence. You're providing no evidence because there's evidence to the contrary. That's the thing. And so when Yang said that, I go, come on, man. That's like, don't do this. Don't become the mob. Um, don't, don't just start throwing red meat to the mob. That's not what you're supposed to be about. You're the honest politician. And then sometimes it's like, I mean, yeah, being the honest politician, you're probably going to lose, but at least you can like, you should take advantage of that position that you have, especially being in the debates and stuff and like force or like you can reveal the robots that these people really are and and kind of press them a little bit and, and like like I just need I just want to see someone go up there and Yang did it one night at one of the debates he was like look at us we're all wearing makeup we're on stage trying to answer complex questions in 1 minute or 45 seconds 
and he's pointing out the absurdity of it. That's what you need to do. And there is probably a path to victory doing that type of thing where you're just constantly calling out the bullshit of it all. Because Trump did that to an extent, but Trump, he was still playing the politician game. He was still saying all the, he was still saying, he was still just feeding the meat to the mob. You know, I mean, he just did it in a different way. And then he was playing both sides, like a two-faced person being like, oh, politics is all bullshit, all these fucking robot politicians. And yet he was engaging in similar behavior that politicians engage in. You know what I'm saying? So, so then, so then Yang called him a white supremacist. And I was like, well, come on, man. Like, you don't, don't, you don't have to do that. Like, you're just like, you're, you're, you're just folding. And then... This was so cringy, and I don't know if you saw the video of it, but he kind of like cried. It seemed like he fake cried because he was talking about like the kids at the border, I guess, and he was saying like he was imagining his own kids, but he started to like cry, but it just seemed so fake and so forced. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? And it's just like, I mean, look, you you like to be able to give him the benefit of the doubt, but as I've just described, you know there was someone in his campaign who was like, you know, if you cry on stage when someone asks you like a deep question, if you can force out some tears, people are it's really going to resonate with people. You should try it out. And uh yeah, maybe only do that if you're good at fake crying because if you're bad at fake crying, you just seem like a fucking you just seem like a dweeb. You just seem like a fucking loser. But that's what I mean. See, because it'll get to, to even the one that you think like, oh, this is the guy. This is a real guy. No, it'll get to them too. It'll get to them too. You know, like at a certain point, the will to win is going to be enough to uh, to allow these people or for these people to, you know, compromise being real. For being political, for being a political winner. I don't know, man. That's now that's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. I guess the reason I was thinking about it is because I was disappointed in Yang. And now all we have are a bunch of fake. Now we have just a whole a whole squad of fake robots. Yang included. Yang's just the latest. They're all fake robots. You know, the only one, I don't know, maybe the only one who's not a fake robot seemingly is like Bernie a little bit, but he's then he's the fucking, you know, he's like, I would want someone to ask Bernie what he thinks of like Stalin. I feel like Bernie'd be like, well, you know, he had some good ideas. Uh, There was free health care. You know, a lot of equality in uh, his system. So... Was he such a bad guy? I don't know. But, uh, you know, and we're talking about free health care for everyone. We need a Medicare for all system. That's what we need. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know I love you. Have a good one. See you. Bye. I'll see you next time. Bye.